In Puerto Rico, there's adventure around every corner and natural treasures waiting to be explored, like El Yunque, the only tropical rainforest in the U.S. Get swept away by natural beauty and come away with unique stories that could only be experienced in Puerto Rico and that remind you why you travel in the first place. Visits end, but stories last forever. You don't become a part of the island, it becomes a part of you. No passports required for U.S. citizens and permanent residents. Learn more and plan your trip at discoverpuertorico.com. Hey, everybody. I want to talk to you for a second here about Canva, specifically Canva presentations that are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation. So start designing today at canva.com. Design for work. Just go to Canva, C-A-N-V-A dot com. Hey, everybody. It's me, Josh. And for this week's SYSK Selects, I've chosen How Cremation Works. It came out back in August of 2010. And at the time, death was a very hot topic. So please forgive us if we seem a little irreverent, a little overenthusiastic when we're talking about this. But it's a really interesting episode, and I still stand by it today. Hope you enjoy. Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuckers Bryant with a full beard, actually. Yeah. Do you know what that would smell like if it caught fire? <laughs> Dude, it would smell, so, it would smell like mayonnaise. It's, it smelled worse than mayonnaise ever did. Jerry's in there like, <laughs> She doesn't like the smell of burning hair, huh? Or mayonnaise. Um, burning mayonnaise would be particularly bad if you had hair on top of yeah, it. Yeah, burning hairy mayonnaise is the worst <laughs> thing you can burn. So, Chuck, hopefully that will never happen while you're alive. It could possibly happen um, after you're deceased if you're cremated, like a fella named Ralph White who you know about. I've never heard of the guy. You have, too. Chuck, do you remember that horrid webcast we used to have? Yes. There was a guy. Oh, yeah. He was the president, past president of the Adventurers, Adventurers Club, and not to be confused with the one from South Park. This guy um, was a real-life adventurer, and he yeah. he was, I think he was like a, 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 a cameraman for um, a skydiving show called Ripcord, National Geographic. He was there when they... Discovered the Titanic. Yeah, but he's with uh, Jim Cameron. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was he he was second director, I think, on Titanic. Yeah, who was Jim Cameron was also in that club, the little club in L.A. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll bet uh, Ralph White got Jim Cameron in. Yeah, probably. And are we calling him Jim now? Sure. I didn't realize we were on that that friendly basis. With Jim him. or Jimmy? Well, anyway, Ralph White was had a pretty cool post, not post mortem. He had a very cool posthumous story. And yeah. that was he was cremated, mm-hmm. and his friends were so dedicated and loyal to him that um, whenever they go on a travel now, they take about a, a tenth, about a teaspoon or a tenth of a teaspoon, some very small amount yeah. of Ralph White's cremated remains mm-hmm. and scatter them wherever they go. Pretty cool. Yeah, I think he's in the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem. Yeah. Um, he's in Lake Bacall. Mm-hmm. He went on a space flight. And Ralph White's posthumous adventures kind of illustrate all the wonderful things you can do with a cremated body. Yeah. Which is one of the reasons why people choose to be cremated. It's highly portable, right? Absolutely. And it's nothing new, Chuck. 
Cremation's been going on for a very long time, hasn't it? Yeah, we won't get in. I mean, there's we could rattle off every country and when they started, but um, we really could because of this fine, fine article. <laughs> very detailed, written by a freelancer, right, Michelle Kim. Uh huh. I've never heard of this person before, she but this it. is a really great article. Um. Uh. But it has been around since prehistoric times. China's been doing it since. 8,000 B.C. That's more than 10,000 years ago. More than 10,000 years ago. One uh, part of the history I did find interesting, though, and fitting since we did our Freemason cast, was mm-hmm. the Freemasons during the French Revolution kind of pushed for cremation mm-hmm. because it was the whole, not anti-religion, but just sort of mixing it up with religion. No, they were anti-Catholic church. Well, yeah. Very much against the church, and they were saying, if you have yourself cremated, it's yeah. kind of like sticking your thumb up sure. your nose to the church, right? Cause, well, because Catholics said you can't get cremated mm-hmm. for a long time. Yeah, well, it kind of contradicts the whole resurrection thing, Yeah, you know? I'll like, say so. The body's kind of ha- got to be intact. It's right. like the one thing we can't do, you know? Let's burn it. We can rise from the dead, but <laughs> right. if you're burned... Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah, and you, you don't want to come back and find that you're nothing but ashes because you're going to be ticked off, right? Right. Uh, the actual cremator, the cremation chamber, which I like to call the cremator, <laughs> even though that's not right, right It sounds at like all. a Krebs star product from the adventures of Pete and Pete. It does. Uh, it was invented in the late 1800s by Professor Brunetti, and uh, it started in earnest in the United States in Pennsylvania in 1876. Yeah. When Pennsylvania is a uh, non-licensed state still, which I thought was interesting. Is it really? Well, there's a, a little bit of a scandal that we'll talk about later. Yeah. That um, apparently the the crematory business, you either have fine, upstanding people or like scum of the earth yeah, running these places, right? Yeah. Let's talk about how this works, all right? Yeah. Well, I got a stat for you real quick, though, as far as its uh, popularity. Um, in 1958, 3.6% of bodies were cremated. And just a few years ago, that number is at 34%, and they expect it to be half by 2025. Right. Well, there's a lot of... A lot of reasons why, right? I mean, we're running out of land. Um, sure. There's a lot of people who think that burials aren't so green. Which is true. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because they use like, you know, really nice woods and metals and you have to pour cement lining yeah. and the body's embalmed. So it's going to eventually leak out yeah. all of those things, right? Yeah. But we'll talk later about whether or not cremation's green. Right. And the spoiler is, it's not. <laughs> sort of is, but it's not. Well, it's not green, but. It's definitely not green. It's not brown, either. It's not black. It's somewhere in between. So, Chuckers, you ready to talk? Yeah, like, just the actual process is pretty gruesome. Um, Initially, uh, they store the body in in a cool room, Mm -hmm. just to keep it nice and uh, fresh for the cremation. Um, It's usually examined by a a coroner, and they have to, like, sign off and say, this is good to go. Because you can't exhume the body later on if you need to. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... No accidental death that hasn't right. been fully vetted. Like I imagine they wouldn't cremate like someone that was had any kind of uh, relation to a crime or anything like that, right. or at least not for a long time. Uh, and then what happens is they remove some things from your body if you have the following: mm-hmm. pacemaker, mm-hmm. breast implants, I know silicone breast implants, uh, prosthesis, or cancer seeds. The little radioactive seeds that they inject into a tumor and then beep, shoot with like a laser yeah, or a radio frequency generator. Yeah, all, none of this stuff is good for, for cremation. So they remove that from your body. But there's some things that can't be removed. Well, they could remove it, but they tend not to. E.g. Yeah. fillings, mm-hmm. mercury fillings. Yeah, jewelry and uh, glasses. Like some people 
want like you would be buried with your glasses mm-hmm. on. They want you cremated with your glasses on. Right. But in some countries, I didn't look this up, so I don't know what countries, there are laws against anybody who's cremating a body from touching anything on the body. Right. Right? You got to do it how you get it. Right. That's what they say on the shirts that you can buy, I think, in the gift shop. <laughs> Uh, and then they put the body, once it's been removed of these things, into a uh, flammable box, like a pine or cardboard box. Mm-hmm. They Or one made of hairy mayonnaise. Yeah. yeah they slide it into... Uh, the incinerator's already preheated, by the way. Yes, to at least 1,100 yeah. degrees Fahrenheit, which is 593 degrees Celsius, I think, off the top of my head. Yeah. Um, and... That's hot, Chuck. Yeah, it's got to be hot. But that's not, like, you don't just put the body in and then it just burns, it just catches fire, right? No. They actually shoot a column of flame at the torso. Like a jet engine. Yeah. Basically. So once the body's in, what's it called, the retort? Uh, It's called a retort. They slide it in there on the old metal rollers and uh, families, sometimes you can watch this process through the window. If you want. Yeah. And if you're Hindu, and if it's a Hindu mm-hmm. cremation, you can actually push go. Right, yeah, I guess to start the column yep. of flame, right? Uh-huh. You're just like, so long, Aunt yeah. Tina. So here comes the Aunt Tina, <laughs> the Hindu. Uh, <laughs> so the door is sealed up, obviously. Um, like you said, they aim it at your torso, and then this is what happens. This is the, the, the gruesome part, um, as you would expect when you have a jet engine, mm-hmm. uh, jet uh, flame shot at your torso. Mm-hmm. It ignites the container initially, obviously. Your body starts to dry out. All that water that's in your body pretty, leaves. Pretty quick. Yeah, I would imagine. Uh, your soft tissue tightens up, it burns up, and it vaporizes. Your skin discolors and blisters and mm-hmm. splits. Mm-hmm. Just gross. Like um, a bratwurst on a grill. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the muscle chars, it flexes, and your limbs actually can extend. Right. Like, your limbs are moving. I looked all over the place to find discussions about this stuff, oh, oh. about, like, a body sitting up. That's the closest thing I saw was, does a body sit up? I think it was a wiki answer, so that it has zero right. credibility. But if, you're, if your muscles are contracting or tightening or doing yeah. anything, like, yeah, your arms can go up. and Crazy. I mean, imagine the people eight, in 8,000 B.C. in China. I know. They're like, wait, they're not dead. <laughs> yeah, they're, exactly. like, waving. Yeah, I had a goldfish I tried to flush one time, and I put him in, and he started swimming again. And then I'd put him back in the tank, and he just floated. So and then, it was just like the water motion that was making I have, him look like? Well, no, I didn't flush it. Like I would, When I put him in the toilet, he started moving every single time. It was weird. That is weird. I'm pretty convinced he was dead, though. Or he was by the time I froze him in a block of ice. You'll find out when you get to heaven. That's right. Um, so your muscles have charred and tightened, and your limbs are flailing about. And your bones, obviously, are the last thing to go, and they are uh, calcified. And then kind of just flake off and crumble into little bone bits. Yeah. And Chuck, uh, the bones that are, uh, or the stuff that is left, are these charred bones that are, really, it doesn't take a whole lot, I think, to pulverize them. Yeah. But it does take an extra step. And they actually do hold their shape. So you go from a, a body in a box to like a charred skeleton yeah. is, is what it ultimately comes down to. And you either rake or sweep the remaining like bone yeah. material into something called a cremulator. Cremulator. And that is the, uh, that's a grinder that grinds up everything and pulverizes it into this fine, grainy, well, actually coarse, grainy powder. Yeah, they ash. described it as like, um, ash is sort of a weird word because it's not like uh, like charred ash from your fire. It's, it's more like uh, gravel, they said, like little tiny bits of gravel. Right, because it's 
pulverized bone, right? Yeah. Um, and it usually takes about two to three hours, depending on the kind of uh, crematory, uh, I guess, whatever machine you put it in. Yeah, there's different kinds. Right. And so, how, how big your bones are, too. That has something to do with it, too. But also, um, I found that it, it depends on the level of, well, there's, there's something called the um, Entertech 4. You should go on to Matthew's Crematorium. Dot com. Uh-huh. They have specs, and it's just weird because these guys are like selling their crematorium, right? Uh, and it, it, here's all the specs for them. And this thing is like state of the art. Entertech Four is, um, and it burns a body in no more than seventy five minutes. Really? Mm-hmm. That's pretty good. That must have been the the modern ones that they say are all like automated now. Well, right? they also sell them ones that burn a body in four hours. Oh, really? So it's like low end to high end. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I mean? Pay for what you get. Yeah. Um, and at the end of this whole process, you're going to end up with about three to nine pounds of ash. And that's actually that's where it depends on your bones. They say it doesn't matter like how fat you are because I think that right. burns away pretty easily. Yeah, I would think so. so. It's like your bone structure. Yeah. Bones tough to burn. <laughs> I guess so. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Chuck, these things, um, we said that they are preheated to about 1,100 degrees, right? But they get up to about 2,000. Yeah. So you can't just build this thing. You can't build an Entertech or whatever you're building right. out of um, 
regular brick or cement or something like that, I think it'd explode the first time you tried to do this. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So they use specialized composite brick material. Yeah. And actually, over time, the, the interior will be eaten away. By the heat yeah. and the expansion and contraction, you'll actually lose surface. So apparently what's recommended is after um, the bricks lose about half of their width, they have to be replaced. Yeah, and it sounds kind of crude, but the um, way it's described in the article and the way I've heard it described is it's, it's sort of like a pizza oven. Yeah. They're made of similar things. Right. Cook a pizza. Cook a body. Cook a body. <laughs> so uh, these things go for 250000 yeah, that's down to eighty thousand. Right? Yeah, something like that. Um, and they use natural gas or propane or um, propane accessories or diesel. I've seen, um, but they used to burn coal. Yeah, and I imagine that was a real pain. Oh yeah, I to would incinerate so. a body back in the sixties. Mm-hmm. I think they were still using coal. Got to keep stoking that fire. Right. Another thing I thought was cool was. Um, and I started thinking, too, when you, when you burn a fire, obviously, you see ashes kind of floating all over the place. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, surely they've got to you know, account for that when you're burning a body. And they do. They ignite a second flame in a side chamber, and that burns off dust that's trying to escape the retort. Mm-hmm. And some of them even shoot uh, water yeah. out the top to make sure none of the dust escapes out of the top of the plume, I guess. It's called uh, wet scrubbing. Wet scrubbing? Yes. Yeah, what, what else did we do? Oh, that was the uh, fluoride thing, right? Scrub, yeah. Scrubbing the inside of the... Uh, and uh, carbon sequest- sequestration. Whew. Yeah. My brain is getting too full these days. <laughs> Mine too. <laughs> we need to stop doing the show. I know. And after it's all done, you can actually get remains, cremated remains. And I found that they say that you shouldn't call them cremains. That's what the, the C-A-N-A says. Why? Uh, they just say it's sort of a crude... Thing that people, non-industry people, say, let's just shorten it, and they're like, they think it's disrespectful. Gotcha. So we won't say the word cremains, but you can have your cremated remains mailed to you via USPS if you want. But that's it in the United States. Yeah, you can't do it via FedEx or UPS, or you can't if they know what's <laughs> yeah. in the box. Right. Um, and I couldn't find out why. There's no explanation on UPS's or FedEx's site. They just say you can't. We won't ship that. Right. We, they also won't ship a disinterred body. Well, thank goodness for that. <laughs> I guess. But um, the the only thing I could, the only suggestion I could find why they wouldn't do that is you can't insure cremated remains. Oh yeah, that's probably it. Which I I, I imagine they insure everything somehow. Yeah, and they, they want to get hit with a lawsuit. Right. Because people get mad when you lose their. Yeah, probably so. Uh, the other cool thing about the USPS, though, is that they, they make sure to point out that it's got to be a sift-proof box. <laughs> yeah. You don't want, like, ashes leaking out the side, and you have to have, like, somebody's got to sign for it. Right. So usually if you don't get an urn or whatever, when when you get your cremated remains, um, the, the crematorium will have them in, like, a basically a plastic bag inside maybe a plastic-lined right. box that's right. designed to hold this kind of thing, right? Yeah, and there may be just, like, very... R- small remnants of other people with your remains. Like, they do the best job they can. They burn one body at a time. Um, Like, you know, if you're on the up and up, as a good uh, cremator should be. Mm -hmm. But inevitably, when you're talking about ash and you're sweeping it out, there might be a little bit of Joe mixed in with Harry, if you know what I mean. Well, I know what you mean. (laughs) So, Chuck, also, I guess the industry standard is, just like you don't want to switch babies in a hospital, at the other end of life, you don't want to switch cremated remains 
of dead people, right? That's good, good policy. So apparently they'll stick a tag in your mouth, like a, a metal disc, or yeah. they'll put it somewhere on your person mm-hmm. so that when you're when you're melted down, this thing's still there. Right. So you can be identified. Right. Um, you've got paperwork that goes with you from the moment you come to the crematorium to the moment you leave that's supposed to be with you every step of the way. Uh-huh. Um, and there's basically all of this is supposed to avoid a mix-up, right? It's supposed to. It doesn't always, especially when the crematorium operator or owner isn't on the up and up, as you said. And there's been plenty of examples of that, haven't there been? Yeah, I was a little alarmed to find out how little regulation goes on in some states. Yeah, only until the tri-state crematorium scandal Uh of, I think, 2002 uh, did Georgia close its loopholes, and now all crematoriums have to be licensed by the state. Yeah, in Georgia, but and and I actually got a different number here. She said twenty three of the fifty states license. Mm-hmm. I've actually got only eight do not license. Is what I found. Oh well, that's that's it's better. But if you look, all of these um, these examples in this uh, article, yeah, are in the two thousand. So I wonder if that caused like a, a yeah, sweeping a expansion or crematorium regulation reform. I would say so. Yeah, because if you what happened in Georgia, we'll tell you in a sec, but. If you see this on the news and you're in, like, Pennsylvania, they don't want that kind of news hitting their state. So I would oh, imagine it, it probably spurred some uh, some action. It hit Pennsylvania, bud. Yeah, it did. Uh, let's talk about the Georgia guy first. Yeah. Ray Brent Marsh. Yeah. Pleaded guilty and apologized. Yeah. He uh, he owned a crematorium in Noble, Georgia. And well, neither Chuck nor I know where that is. No idea. So don't ask. Um, I think it's... a. Probably in the northwest, because it's where Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama come together, which is why you call it Tri-State Crematorium. He was serving all three states. Sure. Um, And in all three states, the bodies of the beloved deceased were basically half buried out in the backyard because the cremator broke down, and they just never got it fixed. Yeah, the incinerator broke. (laughs) Yeah. And so I think 336 bodies in total were found. And um, I found that originally they, they could only charge him with uh, accepting money and fraud for services not rendered. Yeah, there was no, there was right. no law in the books. They hit him with some other stuff, though. What else did they get I think with? it must have come out after this article. He was actually charged with um, almost 800 counts of theft and abuse of a corpse. So they actually charged him with stealing these corpses. You don't want to go to prison with an uh, abuse of a corpse wrap on your head. They'll find out about that. Yeah, and he was uh, sentenced to 8,000 years in prison and um, plea bargained that down to 12 years somehow. Did you say 8,000 years? <laughs> yeah. That was almost a spit take. That, yeah, you were drinking your uh, beep drink and you almost spit it out. <laughs> uh, so yeah, 8,000 down to 12, which is a pretty good deal for him. Um, there was a $36 million settlement from 58 funeral homes that sent bodies to this guy. So they sued the funeral homes. Yeah. And then they brought a suit, an $80 million civil suit settlement against um, this guy and his father's estate. And they probably don't have that kind of dose, so they're probably going to do what happens when that happens, which is you go after the insurance company. Oh, Yeah. The Georgia Farm Bureau. If the guy didn't even get around to having the incinerator fixed, he, <laughs> he, he didn't doesn't have, have eighty million. Bodies. He's got three hundred bodies in his backyard, but yeah. So he's uh, he's in jail right now, as far as oh, I know. Oh yeah, almost for eight thousand years. Apparently, I know. that's a long sentence. You said Pennsylvania didn't want that to happen. Probably it did. not. 
It did in 2005. What happened there? Th- there was a guy who ran a crematorium, and he had a he had a deal with the local women's hospital to cremate the remains of preterm babies, Ugh. basically aborted fetuses. This guy's job was to incinerate them. That's probably not a fun contract to sign. No, I even, even if think that's so. the way you make your money, you right. can't feel great about like I, closing I that deal. So. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You don't go out for a big fat steak after <laughs> yeah, that one. Exactly. Um, the, w- the authorities, I guess, were tipped off, and they went into his garage and found in boxes the remains of three hundred fetuses. Ugh. Actually, 19 of them were post-term. Really? So they, they were born children um, that he was supposed to cremate, and he didn't. But What'd they could only get them on 19 counts because they were unborn. Right. So he couldn't. they weren't technically human beings under the eyes of the law, so he didn't get anything for those. But for the 19, he, uh, he got in some trouble. How much but he had him in his bo- I don't know. Oh, but man. he had them in boxes in his garage, too, which is apparently the M.O. of the shady crematorium operator. Yeah. I hope they threw the book at him. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they did. That makes me angry. Uh, can't you tell how angry I am? <laughs> um, in Lake Elsinore, California, Josh, in 2003, a, uh, a dodgy owner was selling body parts for uh, medical research, like heads, Yeah, to people. Yeah. Which means that he was cutting these heads off. Oh, yeah. And he was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And did I say, just say prison? <laughs> and then in uh, Mississippi, uh, there was a, a really nice guy named Mark Seep who was mixing human remains together, giving out wrong ashes, dumping them into trash bins. And he was found guilty and put in jail, too. Yeah. Did you say that um, Ray Brent Marsh was giving people wood ash and cement? I didn't mention that, but yeah, that's what he did. Yeah, because I mean, it's not like he was just like, "Oh, I, I got nothing." They burned up entirely. Like, he was like, "Here's some cement and an urn." Yeah, thanks for the money. Yeah, I understand a guy's incinerator burning and maybe not having the money to fix it, but I bet you anything, he may have made enough money to get it fixed after that, and was like, "Hey, I'm kind of onto something here." Right. We don't actually have to do this. This is pure profit. Yeah, exactly. So, Chuck, before we get into things that you can do with um, the remains. Of a loved one, right? Yeah. Can we talk about it, whether or not it's green? I got a couple of stats here that I think are important. Yeah. So a lot of people are like a natural burial or a regular burial right. is not very green. And it's expensive too, between like seven and 10 grand. But then they also say, uh, you know, I don't want to go entirely green, which is uh, bio cremation. Right. Which is alkaline hydrosis. We talked about that before and what you can do with the dead body. Remember, right. it turns you into oil that's poured down the drain. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. It is. So this has to be something in between, though, right? For the yeah. conscientious person who maybe kind of believes in an afterlife and right. wants to do more with his body. Than How do you kind of believe in an afterlife? It's a I'm, vague gnawing. I wonder where you end up if head. you kind of believe. It's like a tick sucking back really? here. Like a like hot dog pack. Oh, God. So, in 2009, uh, Reuters was doing this article on biocremation. They were talking about how green is regular cremation. Right. And it's not green at all. Like, you think about it, you're using tons of natural gas. Sure. Uh, not tons, it's hyperbolic, but you're using a lot of natural gas or diesel or whatever. You're using a lot of yeah. electricity. There's so emissions. It both. Um, so, apparently, it releases, a standard cremation releases about 880 pounds of CO2. Yeah. Just one body. And that's the big enemy. And it uses enough energy to basically power a 500-mile road trip. Really? So not not one and the same. Like, these are two separate things. Right. So it uses the energy to get you across country yeah. 500 miles, and 
depending on the size of your country. Right. And it, it releases 880 pounds of CO2 into the air. I wonder what that compares to footprint-wise to, to standard burial. I think it's... Is that still I, better, I wonder? I think it... I don't know, man. I think it's just in, entirely different ways where I think maybe a natural or a regular or traditional burial yeah. is more... It's more polluting, like directly polluting into the into the ground, that right, kind of thing, right, and it's right. using up resources. Where um, a, a cremation has less of an impact over time, but immediately it's a lot of input. It requires a lot of input. Gotcha. That's my concept of it. Right. I wouldn't mind being burned, but I like the. Um, which country was it where they like burn you on top of the wood by like the banks of the river? That's India. Yeah, I like that. That's what, how I would want to go. Well, buddy, if you live in India and you're a Hindu, that's exactly how you have to go. That was a perfect segue to religion. Isn't it? I guess so. Uh, you said <laughs> Hindus, they mandate cremation. Yeah, they're the only only religion that does. Yeah, and it's uh, it's called, um, I'm going to go ahead and give it a whirl here, uh, Antam Sankar, which is last right. Nice. You want to hit the other one? <laughs> uh Antiesti. Yeah, Antiesti, I think. Which is last sacrifice. Yeah, and that is those are uh, one of the 16 life rituals. I guess it would be the last one. Actually, I'll probably be corrected. There may be one after that, the whole rebirth and all that. Maybe, but the, the, I guess the, the smoke yeah. um, gets the body to the next life. I bet it's one of the last four. I'll bet it is. I'll wager on that. Uh, and they, yeah, like you said, it's uh, they're Hindu, so they say you dispose of this body and it ushers you and helps you be reborn into the next life when you're right. cremated. And while Hinduism is the only religion that mandates you have, that's how you, that's how your body is disposed of. Right. Um, Sikhism and Jainism are both kind of strongly endorse it, although they don't require it. Right. Right. And um, you were saying that they they cremate people in India along the banks of the river. Yeah. Most of their cremations, from what I understand, are open-air cremations. See, I like that idea. There's a city called Varanasi, which apparently is the holy city to be cremated in. Uh And you are um, cremated out in the open along the banks of the Ganges. Yeah, that's nice. But they do have an electric crematorium. But since there's a billion people who live in India and all of them want electricity... This place uh, uh, suffers power outages. That's it, really? Yeah. Oh, man. That's sad. If you are a Christian, uh, Jewish, or you're Muslim, right. Josh, uh, they generally frown upon it because, or outright prohibit it, depending on which religion it is. Yeah. Uh, Islam prohibits it. Yeah. They, like, they want you buried that day. Right. The same day you die, preferably. Right. So um, in Judaism, Chuck, uh, I don't think it's actually restricted. I think you can if you want to, but the um, among... Orthodox and conservative Jews, the the memory of the Holocaust sure. is still understandably smarts to the point where they're like, why would you want to be cremated? This is you know this it's there's legacy is still around. So there's yeah, a lot yeah. of there's a lot of Jews who don't want to be cremated, even though their religion doesn't prohibit it. Right, understandably. Um, Protestants actually is where you're going to be find some more open uh, minds to cremation. They don't. You know, have any literature that says you should do this, but they're definitely more understanding about it than other religions. Right. And we talked about the Catholic Church having a problem with it yeah. because of its association with subversiveness toward the church. Mm-hmm. But in the 60s, the Catholic Church said, hey, we've never really prohibited it. Right. You can get cremated if you want. And apparently they gave it a boost. That yeah. And the hula burger. People really catered <laughs> to the Catholics in the 60s. Uh, 30%, I found, Canna says that 30% of. Catholics are cremated now, so that's quite a boost, I would say. Right. Um, 
the Mormons also, they're not big on cremation, although they don't prohibit it. Yeah. And in countries where um, it's traditional, they're like, yeah, please, go ahead. But the Orthodox, Eastern Orthodox Church says nay. Nyet. Nyet. Good point. Thanks. All right, game off. Let's pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. Because in Monopoly Go, you can team up with your friends for timed tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. It's very nice. That's right. And the more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. I'm talking about unique stickers that you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes, cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with, or hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges, like digging for treasure or a robot pachinko machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. That's right. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it now for free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast from Ruby Studio in partnership with Intel. Explore the future of technology that's rapidly evolving our world today with the help of AI. There's still so much work and research needed to fully understand the power and potential of AI, and Intel is at the forefront of implementing AI and revolutionary technology that's changing the world we live in for the better. In each episode, Graham interviews the minds transforming medicine and healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more, while pioneering new uses for AI in these spaces. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Um, where are we now with some, can we talk about finally what you can do with your remains? I think it's high time, don't you? Not what you can do with your remains, because you clearly can't do anything. But Ask with, not what you can do with your remains. Right. But what your friends and family can do with your remains. And uh, sometimes they like to um, keep you in an urn, and they have these little cemetery-like buildings called uh, a columbarium, and they just hold ashes, from what I understand. Like your urn. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a vault. So some people choose that. That costs some dough, obviously. Uh, go ahead and tell us about your hero. I know you want to mention that. Who, Hunter T? Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was mixed with fireworks yeah. and shot out of a cannon, a uh-huh. 153-foot cannon, also called a memorial tower. And uh, apparently it's it was uh, a, an organization called Heavens Above Fireworks that did this, and every, anybody can do it. And Johnny Depp uh, paid for all the, the uh-huh. whole party, right? Yeah, and from what I saw, it was if it was this British company, uh-huh. he would have paid about the equivalent of 3000 U.S. dollars oh, really? for a large fireworks display. That's what they charge. Since you mentioned bad. money, actually, I did see the average cremation cost is about sixteen hundred bucks. Yeah, and the average funeral, I saw five grand. Yeah, 
in this article, it's ten grand decided. Let's say somewhere between five and ten thousand dollars. Let's. Uh, but back to things you can do. We would be remiss um, if we didn't mention to our nerd friends that uh, Gene Roddenberry, the creator of Star Trek fame, was everyone knows this. He was shot into space. So was uh, Timothy Leary. Oh yeah, that's right. By the same company, Celestis. And they're oh, really? still in business, as far as I know. I bet they are. Uh, and then you got Life Gem, yeah. which we've talked about, I think, again on the webcast, haven't uh-huh. we? Uh, you can take your um, cremated remains and have them compressed into a synthetic diamond. You can have your remains mixed into paint. And I guess that's not so much you can have, but you can probably just do that. It depends. Like, there's 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 actually a guy who does something called um, Ash Portraits. Right? Oh, really? He paints and the he, picture? He does it just with the person's ashes, ah. but he'll also mix it in with oil or whatever. Interesting. But he does portraits of the deceased. I want to be remembered as dogs playing poker. That'd be pretty awesome. That's what I want. <laughs> That'd be really cool. Uh, what else can you do? Um, you can Oh, you can become part of the uh, Coral Reef. I know there's companies that do that. Mm-hmm. There's a company called Eternal Reefs, I think, is the big one. Well, that's a pretty obvious name, don't you think? And, and well, they actually they make different sized reefs. Uh-huh. And what they do is they mix your remains in with cement. Yeah. And like so, the big one it can accommodate up to four family members. So if your family went down in a plane and uh-huh. you just feel like shelling out for one, you know, coral reef, right? They've got you covered. It's like seven grand. Really? Uh huh. And it's pretty big size, and it's cool looking. I mean, it looks like an artificial reef, and then you take it out and dump it overboard. And yeah. Fish live amongst your your family members, who I really, really hope love scuba diving. Yeah, exactly. You remember uh, Keith Richards a couple of years ago? Mm-hmm. He's when, still alive. Well, no, his dad passed away, and he said that he snorted his father with cocaine. Yeah. And then. I mean, apparently he said this in an interview, then that came out, and he was like, no, 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 no. I was just kidding around. I, of course, I didn't snort my father. Yeah. I think he snorted his father. Yeah, I think he did, too. There's sounds, a Six sounds like Feet a Under um, episode where this, these people snort the remains of this girl. Really? Yeah. I don't remember that one. It was a good one. Uh, I do have some stats for you, though, what people uh, seem to like to do. 38% keep the um, ashes at their home. Mm-hmm. 37% uh, bury the ashes. 21% do the scatter. Very popular. I thought it would be more popular than that, though. The the most popular one is water scattering, and number two is scattering somewhere on family property. Oh, really? Uh-huh. Uh, 3% are put in the columbarium, and you might notice, Josh, that adds up to 99%. Yeah, there's 1% that go unclaimed. So sad. Right, it is sad, and I, apparently the people who own crematoriums find it sad, too, because yeah. even though after a set period of time in states that regulate this kind of stuff, which did we say the Federal Trade Commission regulates mortuaries. Yeah. There's no federal oversight no. for any crematorium. Comes out of the state. Um, but in states where there are regulations, they still say you can throw these out after a set period of time. Yeah. But most crematoriums, the up-and-up ones, will hang on to these things for decades because, again, it's a small box. Sure. But I mean, they don't want to just throw it away. It's a person. And it's only 1%, so I don't imagine they're like overflowing with unclaimed remains. I would hope not. Uh, But since you did mention the scattering, uh, we should talk about some of the laws about scattering because you can't just scatter anywhere. No. The National Park Service has no official stance on scattering remains. They leave it up to each individual park. Yeah. But most of the parks say, unless there's like a grave area, right. like a designated grave area, you can't scatter ashes here. Well, it also said they kind of turned a blind eye. Like, Oh, really? They know it goes on, and 
I'm sure uh, some ashes in Yosemite Park are like, how are you going to tell the difference right. between that and like fire ash right. or dirt or whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, but state parks, they say, or actually the National Forest Service doesn't regulate anything on their land. So that's where you would probably want to go. Like avoid the national park and just stay in the national forest. Right. Or go to your state park that was a beloved state park because they're a little more lax than the national parks. Right. The um, If you want to do water scattering or ocean scattering, yeah. um, the EPA says you got to be three miles away from the coastline. Right. Very prudish. Yeah. California's like, that's way too much. Um, they still have a restriction, but it's 500 feet, right? Yeah, pretty close. Um, and people don't always follow regulations, right? Yeah. So you want to tell about the Cubs fan? Yeah, this is kind of a nice story. Um, Steve Goodman died of leukemia in 1984, diehard Cubbies fan. Sadly, mm-hmm. did not get to see the Cubs uh, win a World Series, as likely neither will you and I. <laughs> um, and four years later, he uh, his buddy snuck in before opening day and threw the ashes into the wind out over the field. Nice. It's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Did you ever hear of Graham Parsons' story? Yeah, his body was stolen, right? Yeah, his friends. Um, he said that he wanted to be cremated and scattered on Cap Rock in Joshua Tree right. National Park, right? Uh-huh. Um, and his parents found out he was dead and had his body shipped back for a private funeral. Oh, uh, really? And his friends found out that they weren't going to be invited, so they stole him right. and uh, took him out to Joshua Tree and opened the casket, threw some gasoline on him, and set him on fire. Five <laughs> gallons of gas, right? And it didn't work because we've said... Yeah, yeah, what it takes. So he was half cremated by the time the cops showed up. He's sort of melty. And just like Georgia, back then there was nothing about, there were no yeah. penalties for stealing a corpse. So they got them for theft of a casket, I think. That was, uh, did you see that movie? Uh-uh. Johnny Knoxville played the guy that, his buddy? Uh-uh. It's not very good. Okay. I did stay in that hotel, though, actually. I, mentioned, I meant to mention that in the Route the 66. Inn? Yeah, the Joshua Tree Inn. Cool. Not in his room, though. And before we move on from Scattering, Josh, we have to mention, because we like to mention our movies, the excellent, excellent scene from The Big Lebowski. The scattering scene in the end of The Big Lebowski. <laughs> when all of them so just great. blew back all over them? John Goodman. Uh, it was Steve Buscemi that died, right? I think so. And he uh, he threw them out in the wind and they blew back in their face <laughs> over the ocean. That was good. It was very good. Uh, Chuck, if I am dead and I'm being cremated and I'm part of 75% of the population, what country am I in? Uh, Sweden? Switzerland. Switzerland. Let's get this if I've been cremated and I am part of just a meager 3% of the population, what country am I in? Ghana? That's right. That's right. And in between, or actually higher than that, Hong Kong is 83%. Uh, places like the Czech Republic and Singapore and the UK are sort of mid to high 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, China and the Netherlands are about half. And uh, Italy, as far as European countries, was, I'm sorry, Ireland was 6%. Italy was 7%. And I bet that has something to do with the Catholic thing. I would think so for sure. And the, think? the U.S. is about 30%, right? Yeah. I Thanks to our large right. Protestant population. Right. And Hindu. And uh, there's also pet uh, cremation. Yeah, if you if you want to get into a burgeoning industry that went from pretty much nothing to uh, it's a three billion dollar industry yeah. is the latest stat. Uh-huh. Get into pet cremation, and yeah. the people at um, Matthew's Crematorium mm-hmm. Supply they make pet crem- cremators too. Oh, uh, they do humans and pets. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's I, and, good. I, and animals too. 
Apparently, there's different types. So I guess oh, really? one you could fit a horse into, and one are made for like dogs or something. All right. You know, I would support, or I would, I would be more likely to go into one of those because they say that some of the pet-only crematoriums are a little um, dodgy. Yeah, they're totally unregulated. Yeah, so uh, they're just like burning your pets together, and you don't know that the ashes you get. And if you're serious enough about your pet to get your pet cremated, mm-hmm. then you probably want your pet's ashes. Right, so you can handle cremation at home. Just dig a shallow hole in your backyard to serve as a fire break, and do your neighbors a favor and shave your pet first before you set it on fire. We buried my animals growing up, my pets. Did you? Yeah, we have... I think at my old house, we probably had like four or five pets buried out in the woods. But we lived on like two acres in the woods. It wasn't like in a neighborhood. You didn't set any on fire? No, 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 no. Well, that's it for cremation. Um, Thanks for joining us for that one, right, Chuck? Yeah. I think we've covered pretty much everything in there. Um, But if you want, it's a good, good article. High caliber How Stuff Works article. Not like the rest of these stinkers. (laughs) Just type in cremation in the search bar, the jazzy search bar at howstuffworks.com. Jazzy? I'm just trying new stuff. We've been getting lots of uh, suggestions, by the way. Uh I like the ubiquitous search bar. That's pretty good. It's not everywhere, though. I mean, I guess it is everywhere, but it's... Uh, Yeah, you're right. So uh, I guess it's time for listener mail. Yeah, buddy, I got a couple today, a couple of short ones. Um... First one is from the Sonicast, and, and this is a little old, but I promised this guy I would read it. Uh, this is from Mark and Easton MD. Uh, I know you guys won't read this on a podcast. <laughs> Those are usually the ones I read. <laughs> but I just thought I'd write to tell you what happened to me this morning. In my frantic rush to get my daughter, Ellie, to a summer camp on time, uh, I had to run out of the house without having breakfast. That caused me to have to stop at a fast food joint, get one of those gross, greasy breakfast sandwiches. Uh, you would think it's bad enough, but it gets worse. As I drive from the driveway, I push play on the iPad and start listening to the show on saunas, where I started hearing about butt funk, Chuck sweating out gallons of fluid, and having to visualize a naked Vigo Mortensen fighting in a sauna made my otherwise gross sandwich and greasy potato things one for the books. By the way, the podcast that I queued up next was all about taste buds, so now I know how I was able to taste my sandwich in the first place. Thanks a lot, guys. That's from Mark. Uh, if you do happen to read this on the e- on the air, would you? Uh, it would make Ellie and Lydia's day. And those are his daughters. Oh, hey, Ellie and Lydia. So, Mark, that is for you, my friend. And then this one, I didn't even think about, but it's kind of fitting. Do you remember when I told you about the little girl in Kent, Washington, who named her betta fish Chuckers Jr.? Yeah, I saw this one. Chuckers Jr. is no more. Yeah. Uh, Monday night, I put Chuckers Jr. inside his small bowl so I could clean his bowl in the morning. Yesterday morning, I went to make my breakfast in front of his bowl as usual, but I... To make my breakfast, I thought she meant make his, which would be pretty cute. (laughs) Uh, I felt something sticky on my foot, and I looked down, and to my horror, I saw Chuckers Jr. stuck to my foot, Mm -hmm. all dried out. And it was horrible. Apparently, betas have been known to jump out of their bowls. And I guess Chuckers Jr. jumped pretty far because his ball was a good foot away from the edge of the counter. Wow. Yet he still ended up on the floor. My theory is that he probably flopped around or something onto the floor. Um, <laughs> can't, can't you just let the little girl think her beta fish is special? Yeah, you're right. Uh, Chuckers Jr. is special, Katie. Also, I found out that the bowl that he was in had only a centimeter from the centimeter? top. Centimeter? Where's she from? <laughs> Liberia? Yeah. She's from Kent, Washington. Um, she said you're usually supposed to leave about an inch between the top of the, the thing, I guess, to make it harder to jump out. It's the same thing, right? One centimeter equals one inch? I think so. 
It's and like so, 40 um, degrees below. She she ends with this. At least Chuckers Jr. died a healthy fish. That's from Katie, age 13, in Kent, Washington. Well, thanks for your optimism, Katie. Yeah. Kent, I'm um, sorry about your breakfast sandwich. Although I'm hungry now. It wasn't Kent. It was Mark. She was from Kent. Oh, yeah. That's all right, though. Mark, sorry about your breakfast sandwich. Kent, I have no idea who you are. Uh, if you have a really cool cremation story, we want to hear about it. So wrap it up in an email and send it to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the HowStuffWorks.com homepage. Hey, if you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible. Get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon as low as $25 a month every month, taxes and fees included. Use promo code STUFF. 20 to receive $20 off your first month for listening to this podcast. Switch now at Visible.com. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. The Visible monthly rate is $25 per month. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth. No matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you, and how you manage them can make all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you. Learn more at BetterHelp.com. That's BetterHelp.com.